Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 104. I'd like to let you know that the views and opinions of the people said on the show are those of the dumbass media empire. Everything we say reflects the dumbass media empire. Just so, want to no, let everybody yeah, know Yeah, completely that. of the dumbass media empire. You know, everything said by anybody, you know, send your hate mail to me. Yes, yeah, yeah, just send that off to dumbass. Hey, I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, of course, is the dumbass himself. Hello, I'm Sex Positive, and the world does revolve around me. Excellent, excellent. And, of course, Terry. Hey, everybody. And Ian. Oh, hey, I'm back. And the sex pot himself, Mac. Always bridesmaid, never a bride. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, and I have a special message for a friend of mine who's a new listener, Jose. This is the correct podcast. Basically, um, he was hunting down the podcast and he listened to our last one, which didn't have me in it. So he um, was concerned, like, wait a minute, is this the right podcast? So he's a, a new listener for us. And... and little does he know that the quality of that show was far improved without you there. <laughs> Thanks. It's nice we have a listener. It's not, well. Oh, I shouldn't scare him off, should I? <laughs> hey, welcome, Jose. Well, yes, welcome. And uh, Terry's got a new uh, a new website venture. I do. So I'm working on a project to aggregate some of my older um, skeptically driven articles that have previously published at other online magazines and blogs. And I'm also bringing in some new content and writing new stuff. It's not entirely skeptically driven, but a lot of it is. So there are articles and photographs and a page with links to other stuff, such as like a song of the week or a podcast of the week. So you can check that out if you'd like at velotry.com. That's V-E-L-O-T-R-Y. Thanks. All right. And uh, Terry, you want to talk about listener feedback from Howard? I do. Howard sent us an email, friend of the show, Howard. His question or the question he passed along to us was, um, what's the term for someone who accepts or believes that God exists but chooses not to worship? So I kind of poked around, and I think the term is de deism. Deism is the idea that there's a creator God who set things in motion and then walked away. There's really no reason to worship a non-interventionist God. So on Wikipedia, it says that deism holds that God does not intervene with the functioning of the natural world in any way, allowing it to run according to the laws of nature. For deists, human beings can only know God via reason and the observation of nature, but not by revelation or supernatural miracles, phenomena which deists regard with caution, if not skepticism. That's the closest thing I could find. What do right. you guys think? Well, but it was interesting because didn't the article kind of make it sound like, albeit she didn't worship this God, she did kind of feel like it was a personal God, that it was involved, but she just didn't worship it? The article, yeah, I don't yeah, know. The, or the not the article, the the, the conversation was was really. Well, uh, listen, uh, what what about uh, polytheism? Um, polytheism, uh, polytheistic gods. Uh, people who believe in many gods uh, might not worship your particular god, but has no problem with accepting that that god might exist. Hmm. I thought oh, polytheism were, was people who believed the parents were gods, which I am one. I, now I Poly need crickets right here. Polyatheism. <laughs> Polyatheism. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. De deism seems to kind of work, but I mean, yeah, it's right. the closest. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting yeah, question. Like, uh, the, All things. Yeah, the thing about uh, polytheism, like especially like you look at polytheism uh, before Christianity, pretty much everybody, almost everybody, was polytheistic. And uh, in the ancient world, you know, people, you know, there wasn't so much of uh, my god is better than your god or your god doesn't exist. Most people accepted the existence of other gods. They just, um, you know, they said, okay, let, let's uh, hope that uh, our god is strong enough to this, to uh, give us more power to defeat these guys in battle. And did, when they defeated them, they'd accept the other gods into their pantheon often. But, you know, they didn't have to worship every single god out there. Sure. I uh, did particularly like in that conversation the uh, the term malfeist. I don't remember seeing that. Mal uh, that Malfeist? The, 
the Malthus term, you believe that God exists and is personal, but is evil and not worth worshiping. Okay. Okay. Well, that's pretty much the same way as Christians believe in the devil, right? Uh, the devil is pretty much a god that uh, they don't think is worth worshiping. Right. And, well, the Old Testament makes reference to many, many gods that right. aren't worth worshiping to them. Yeah, monotheism came later, for sure. Yeah, the, the Old Testament definitely doesn't come off as monotheistic. No. Oh, that was the other term I was looking for. One of the other emails had apatheist. Oh, okay. Which is, oh. you, you, you don't care. <laughs> Which is kind of what that is, right? You yeah, the, you, the... Don't, you, you don't deny the existence of a god. You don't support the existence of a god. You just simply don't care if there is one. Okay, I this, like that. Yeah, but this person was saying that they did believe that there was a god, but they just didn't worship it. Right, and this is somebody's term that they coined and have spread spread it around and have basically offered anybody who wants to use it use it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Hey guys, last uh, was was last Tuesday? No, a couple of weeks ago. I, I bowled uh, my second sanctioned three hundred game. Oh my God! Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. I was very excited. So I get a second ring now. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time for Ian's masturbation moment. Wait a minute. What color ring are you getting? Stellanium. It's, it's yeah. I'm not sure whether that's fear or willpower or, or what emotion runs that. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, good question. <laughs> it's stainless steel. That with a fancy name. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. All right, so Ian's Masturbation Moment. And, you know, I'll tell you, one of the things I like about this section is that while the whole podcast is, of course, reflective of, of the opinions of the Dumbass Media Network, this particular section, though, everything <laughs> said in this particular section is, of course, Ian's responsibility because it is the Ian's Masturbation Moment brought to you oh. by the Dumbass Media Network. So he's responsible for everything we say here, people. Actually, it's mine and Terry's. He's well, no, but Terry is not in, in, in the little bumper intro. Only you are. Yep. So you're responsible for bringing us to a successful conclusion. Right. So I, this time. I actually listened to the last podcast. So. Oh, you did? Yes. Wow. So, yeah, I, I, I noticed that myself. It's like, hey, we need to update that because Terry's taken on a fair amount of ownership of my masturbation. She certainly has. She has taken over your masturbation. This can only go badly. She's She's taking a hand in it. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring girls into the masturbation equation here. <laughs> I have no problem with that at all. All right. So, uh, the story I put up tonight is um, not necessarily masturbation, but it's related to masturbation. But um, the title is, I'm a Duke University freshman, porn star, and for the first time, I'm telling the story in my words. Basically, this, is, this young lady is going to college, and the way she's paying for college is by doing porno. She straight out has no problem with, you know, that she's not doing it because she was forced into it. She's not doing it because they have something over her. They're not playing games. This isn't something she herself feels embarrassed about or anything like that. She's doing it because she's enjoying, you know, it's a job she's enjoying doing, makes good money, and is paying for her college. <laughs> well, basically what happened was some people at school found out, you know, they connected her to her porn, and that's when things got rather screwed up and really, you know, I'm not even sure what words to describe some of this stuff, but, you know, Rude, this anonymous guy got on, um, basically she has a Twitter account for her porn, you know, name, 
And this guy got onto that and was like, so being choked, spit on, and degraded is now empowering. Feminist, the logic. And basically, you know, putting her down. And she started getting a lot of this. You know, these guys who are supposed to be these educated people um, going to the college with her started to, you know, degrade her. <laughs> and try and make her sound like she was, um, you know, lower than them. And so this whole thing is a well-written letter about her response to that and saying, listen, um, no, that uh, I am empowered because I'm doing what I want to do. I have the power over it, and I don't see myself as um, anything lower than you. Right, but here's the thing is that what's interesting is that here, here's two guys that are probably out looking at porn yeah. that, that are so insecure about about it that, that are making fun of one person who is actually empowered by doing it. Yes. Don't you, don't you out yourself as a porn consumer by calling her out? Well, kind of. I, I don't know. I mean, they, they found out somehow, right? They were only doing research. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, I I wanna I wanna take issue with saying that these uh, these people were educated just because they were going to college. Uh, Education is a is a personal choice. Right. Um, they want to and I don't think that every person who's going to college is educated, and I don't think everybody who doesn't go to college is uneducated. Well, and, okay, that, that's that, that. You know what? That that's a fair point. But the the idea <laughs> that these guys are her colleagues at school. Yes. The thing that uh, gets to me about this, and I think this is a, a common theme in a lot of the uh, articles that we're going to be going over today, but um, there seems to be, um, a, and I think it's something that we need to eventually get rid of, but there seems to be this persistent idea in society that uh, sex is related to morality. And it seems to me that, it, well, unless, unless it's non-consensual, sex has nothing to do with morality. No, and you're right. That's kind of the theme of this show, isn't it? Yeah, tonight's theme, definitely. <laughs> Looking at all the articles we're going to be covering, and it, it's amazing that you know the, it, this kind of thing triggers it. It's like I've known women who have been strippers, and I've had no problem with them. I've not seen them as degrading. I've been cool with it. And yet, I remember in my college um, creative writing class, some some when we wrote our stuff, we could leave it anonymous. We didn't have to take credit for it. Um, so this one poem got written about. The, um, I'm guessing she must have been a stripper in the class. And she was talking about how, you know, she felt odd with the men looking at her that knew what she did or something like that. I forget the whole poem. Right, right. But it was a, a poem that really was her, her talking about how she feels degraded because of the way, you know, uh, what does the man think of me? Because he, he saw me doing that and then sees me outside of the place. And that, that poem bothered me like crazy because, like, wait a moment, I... Do you guys see that? Here, she, this is the, one of the things she says kind, kind of sums it up. And this is kind of the society's whole attitude towards women and sex. Well, I mean, not everybody. Okay. So, but let me paint a broad brush here for a second. Okay. My entire life, I have been, along with millions of other girls, been told that sex is degrading and sh is, 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 is a degrading and shameful act. When Before I you continue, five, let me just say that this is my favorite paragraph in the entire article. Okay, good. So we're on the same page here. When I was five years old and began to discover uh, the wonders of my body, my mother, my mother, completely horrified, told me that I that if I masturbate, my vagina would fall off. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But but isn't this kind of the mentality that we're talking about? Yes. It is. It makes me wonder if the mother actually believed that or if. If that was just something she was saying, attack. because that's an incredibly, incredibly ignorant thing to do to a child. <laughs> yeah. Um. Before before the podcast, me and my wife were talking. I was telling her about stuff we were going to cover. And I was talking about it, and um, my teenage son was in the room, and here me and her were talking about masturbation and stuff. He's like, ew, ew. 
<laughs> I'm like, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. It's like, you guys can't be talking about sex around me. Is, is, but is that a common thing that women tell uh, their their daughters that if they masturbate, their vaginas will fall off? I mean, well, I, can, I don't know if that one. How, how would that even how would that even uh, work? That I, I mean, I can understand know, telling a little boy that his penis would fall off, but yeah, I don't think it's a common thing. Otherwise, it would be a lot more. I've never heard it before, and it would be out there in the culture. It was a common thing. But okay, but that particular piece may not be common. But this idea that that mothers finding out that their daughters are masturbating yeah. and being horrified is an extremely common. And 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 men, you know, anybody masturbating and and, and really does. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys. I I've, I haven't read Daryl Ray's book on sex and religion yet, but I've heard some of him has some of his talks, and he it, he he would associate that back with you know religious values. Oh, I'm sure. Right, well, yeah. My wife was raised in a very strong religious family, and she was not allowed to um, go to the sex education class in the school. Right. And the videos she watched told her nothing. I mean, we've had talks about this. When we hooked up, she knew nothing about her body. She didn't understand so much about sex. And, and it shocked me. I'm like, And it was because mm -hmm. of the religion. Right. Well, so in the article, two paragraphs down mm -hmm. from your guys' favorite is my favorite. The prevailing societal brainwashing dictates that sexuality and sex reduce women, whereas men are merely innocent actors on the receiving end. What does that remind you of? Yeah. Oh, well, actually, that's a perfect segue into our next one, because that's why I felt... Well, yeah. hold on. Well, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to point out, though, I mean, um, j just recently in the news, like, uh, everybody's been commenting about how uh, Charlie Sheen is marrying a porn star, and that seems to be the only thing that people latch onto about this woman. Oh, she's a porn star. And like, oh, Charlie, with a porn star, how, uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise any of us. You're so debased and, and it's like, you don't know anything else about this woman except that she was a porn star. I mean, uh, there's nothing wrong with him hanging out or falling in love with a porn star. Yeah. No, not only that. I mean, I, my main thing when I heard of that is like, you know, the, the, this woman probably has an idea of what she's getting into with this man, right? Because, he, because he's got a pretty public reputation about how he's treated women in the past. So hopefully she's a strong enough woman to not get caught up in, in Charlie Sheen's cycle that would be yeah. you know that uh, that's what i thought of more than the fact that she was a porn star yeah well i would think it'd be more degrading to be with charlie sheen than it would be to be a porn star well but. there you go <laughs> right um there's an there's another piece in here that i liked and this are uh, this is towards the bottom we must um we must question in this equation why sex workers are so brutally stigmatized and why we why we exclude them from jobs, education, and from mainstream society. One of the things that she was told is that, well, being a sex worker, she, or sex worker, she's never going to be able to get a job. And she's like, right. well, I wouldn't want that job anyway if they're going to discriminate against yeah. sex workers. But like, you, you know, you could be, um, you, you could kill someone, had drug problems, all this other stuff, but we'll rehabilitate you and, you know, you, you can get back into the world. But, oh my God, you did a sex tape? That's too scandalous. You know, we can't have you around our kids. Right. So the next it's two the next two questions that she asks are, why do we scorn them and, and threaten them and harass them? Why do we deny them of their personhood? Right. And, and, I, and a lot of times. they're not the girl you marry. Right. And, and as we'll go on, a lot of these other, I mean, I, I, I don't know for sure that all of these, but a lot of these are threatened Christians, threatened Christian groups, I guess, you know, who, who's, who reach out and attack these people as well. And, and some of our next articles really go into that. Oh, yeah. 
But so this is a great letter. I, I recommend everyone read it all the way through because she has a lot of great points. We can't cover them all, obviously. Yeah. Take you long, but you know, definitely well worth reading. I, I do have but, mixed feelings about the fact that they chose not chose to disable comments on this because I'll bet they would have been terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Right, but on the other there, hand, I think there are a few comments before they decided to. Uh, Disabled it, so you, you you can scroll down and see them. Oh, can you? I couldn't. Yeah, I didn't see them. You just there's a discussion thread. Maybe there's you know awful stuff in there. But a lot of times, you know, the the comments on these are very telling. Well, and so she well, can't win though is the other thing, right? So she's uh, she's a, f- a porn star right now. She's putting herself through college with her own money that she has earned, and she's getting harassed on both ends. Like she's yeah. she's thinking of her future when she might want to do something different and getting an education towards that. But they're making they're making both you know these harassers are making both options that she has difficult for her. Like she can't win. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna pull an example from uh, pull an example from popular culture. Well, used to be popular. Grey's Anatomy. One of the characters, and this was in the first season. I think the character only lasted to like season three or season four, and then was killed off. One of the characters had put herself through medical school doing bottling, and she got much the same kind of treatment that she wasn't really a doctor because she she'd done this to put herself through medical school. Do you think that in that particular case that uh, modeling was essentially a stand-in for pornography? Uh, it was treated that way, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Instead of so and so instead of just saying pornography, they they said modeling instead. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't see the show, but that's what it sounds like to me. Well, hmm. it's really anything that um a woman deci- if a woman decides to use her sexuality um, in any way, that's kind of it, it's not considered something that uh, women who are serious professionals should do. That that you're look you look down on women who uh, who do that kind of thing. There's also the fact, and this is well established scientific fact, that any time a woman uses her sexuality and a man fails to resist it, she steals a little piece of that man's soul. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I th- think that's basically why this is such an issue. Men are still running society, no matter what we want to say. And they are. I think there's a lot of men that are scared of women that can control them that way. And they want to keep it down. They want to keep women thinking that if they um, use their sexuality, that they're, it's a, that's a bad thing. And I think it is a fear. Although um, I think, you know, like the the way the article says, like blaming it on the patriarchy, I don't think that's uh, useful. It, it's a little vague and I don't think that's useful in any way in exploring the kind of motives people have for uh, having these opinions towards women's sexuality. It's it's too generalist. It's it's too much of a big boogeyman to say the patriarchy. Yeah. Well, OK, but here's the thing is that these religious groups are promoting this idea of of marriage. One man, one woman. Right. But yet, and, but yet, in, but we, we want this male dominated society, right? That they're trying to dominate everything. But at the same time, they're, they're saying that, that not enough people are getting married because sex is too available. So women have got to take control of their sexuality, right? But on the, but, but there's a conflicting message because at the same time, you know, that they're being told that, that that's all they're good for. Yeah. So we're definitely so, in the next door, it sounds like. <clears throat> clearly yeah. they're being, clearly they're referring to two different types of women. Yeah. Well, There's that's the ones you marry and the ones you don't. Well, so, here's the false dichotomy, right? The the um, Madonna horror dichotomy. Right. 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 So are men getting away with too much sex? A new Austin think tank says yes. So, so the, the main thing in this next article is referring to a video called The Economics of Sex, which opens up by almost straight out saying that women's whole value mm. in life is how much they can get from a man to give it up. 
So that's exactly what the video okay. starts off saying. Right, it, it does. But so this, but this think tank. Do you remember the guy who did that sociological article from from that Texas university? Um, that you know, it was total, it was total garbage. Saying that, um, basically, you know, the the ideal golden family was was meant one man one woman to raise children, and that the children did so much better in this in this um uh culture. Yeah, do you remember that, that study? So that's this jackass who start who I mean he's basically been going anywhere that the um what is it the um oh god the what is it something institute for marriage oh nom yeah family culture right so yeah well no that okay no but prior to that he was he the, he was working for nom right whatever the something instituted for marriage and but he has now started the Austin Institute study of family and culture so so we already know that this guy has an extreme conservative bias right i mean he 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 did this bias research that um and it wasn't even research it was a, it was it was a poll that he did that he made a paper out of that he submitted to to a sociological journal and it, but it was never peer reviewed but it was but it was taken as gospel by these conservative groups you know because he wrote it but yet it was and correct. it confirms every bias that they have it does it concerns it. every bias that oh. they have and, the, and guy, the fact that it was a poll means that he could also focus where he wanted to get his data right, right. exactly exactly it was it was very skewed and but and so but he wasn't censored for doing bad research because it wasn't technically research right but clearly the guy had had an extreme bias by by evidence by the fact that the way that he used this study Right. He used it to promote this agenda that he already had. So at the time we were like, you know, we, we were kind of like, well, he might not be a douchebag. It just might have been, a, you know, a kind of a, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, slightly biased study. But now, no, he's a douchebag. Right. So now this guy has, has put out this film. And the first thing that they, they talk about in this film, there, there, there is that U.S. Actually, married. Brian, hmm. let's not use the term douchebag, considering that we were just talking about demonizing women's sexuality. Using a using a something that is essentially for the cleaning of women's right. private okay. parts as a derogatory term. It's Can we talk not about the right message? Okay, so Can this we talk asshole about the patriarchy in terms of inventing the concept of douche. <laughs> yeah, exactly and... right. Can we can we go back to that because it was never something something that was supposed to be used in the first place. It was a bad idea, it's and it was and it was it, it, and it was men telling telling women that their vaginas were dirty. Yes. So it was never meant to clean a vagina. It was, it, once again, it comes back to stupid men. Say, do you guys ever have that <laughs> so fresh feeling? That's right. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So, so, I'm right, now. right. So, douchebag <laughs> is kind of appropriate, right? So this asshole. You know, I'm glad that I brought that up because yeah. the discussion just got great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this, but I, now I think that the guy, I mean, he, he's an agenda driven jerk. There you go. Okay. I'll go with that one. And a douchebag. So the, the, the video starts out basically that their, you know, their, their initial premise is that marriage rates in the U.S. are declining. And that's true. Um, I, I found a Huffington Post article that, that talks about the numbers. And, and, and so that, so, okay, so that's substantiated. Um, but the question I would ask there is, well, why do people have to get married? I mean, that, that's, that's their viewpoint, right? That's their, their particular, um, um, uh, view on culture that people are supposed to get married and have children. But if people aren't getting married, then what, then they're not having children or they're having children out of wedlock and that's not okay with them either. Um, but so, so the first thing I would ask is, well, wait, so what is marriage really necessary? 
It is if you have the worldview that men are in charge of women and that uh, men buy women by diamond rings and a few drinks or whatever and that women have to hold out for the highest price. Right. And and that's and that's what this video is very much saying. It's all about controlling women. Yes, right. The all video talks about how how um let's see women um, manipulate men with sex, right? That I mean that that's kind of the, the that, innocent bystander men. Okay, yeah, yes. right. exactly. The innocent bystander man. That's right. But there, but that's how it's supposed to work. Um, so it says here women have a lower sex drive. That that that's also one of the things they say. Well, that, I'd like to see the research on that. Okay, but and how much does culture influence? Well, how we're there you supposed go. To... And so that's why I put an article in here about a, a different culture where where the where the you know the, one of the things um, about this culture that I found interesting is that um, the the men are um, it's kind of expected that they will give a woman three orgasms for every one that they have. Are you talking about that uh, Manchea? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a bad article, Ryan. Which that is part? not a good article. That, no. that article is uh, no, that, no, no. That is flawed. That is a very flawed article. If it were not a flawed article, it would have a link at the bottom about applying for citizenship. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> bad article. Uh, all right. Sorry, yeah, I missed okay. that. A link at the bottom about what? Applying for applying citizenship. For citizenship. <laughs> how to oh. immigrate? <laughs> yeah, how to immigrate to the U.S. Right. So, but. Um, not to diverge too much, but the, you know, the, this culture is a very sex positive culture. And so it hasn't been looked on negative. Now, AIDS has kind of changed things. I think they've had to be a little bit more careful, but, um, but the, the men are expected to give a woman three orgasms for everyone that they have. No, I don't think that if a woman's sex drive is really lower, that that's really going to work out very well for them. But because they have a more sex positive culture, they, they probably don't have the, the issues that, that U.S. culture does with, you know, women's sexuality. With even the idea that women have orgasms. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, that, that's, that's, well, that's a completely different thing, right? This idea that, that women don't have orgasms. Well, considering yeah. that, uh, considering that, Sexual attitudes are mental at, at least as much as they are physical. Absolutely, yeah. The fact that we are believing in this culture that women have a lower sex drive causes women to have a lower sex drive. Right. Or, yeah, to yeah. tamp that down if so, they don't. That, or that they, they are abnormal if they do have a normal sex drive. Well, so right. in, in this I put uh, women have a lower sex drive, you know, and, but that's in Western culture. Because they're taught to. Because they're taught to, right? And, and this goes back to, you know, we, we, we can track this, you know, right back to Christianity and other religions. So um, before we get too far off track from the marriage thing, Jezebel has a takedown of this article too and or of this video. And there's a money shot in here, I think, about marriage. And it says, if anything, sex is less commodified now than when my great-grandparents were courting. Before divorce, before reliable effective birth control, before women's advancements into the higher levels of the workforce, marriage was all about economics. Now that women are able to leave abusive and unhappy relationships, support themselves financially, and choose when or if to have children, we don't need marriages anymore. It's no longer an economic imperative, which means that people are free to be choosy about who they marry. So you're damn right that marriage rates are dropping and people are marrying later. It's because we're getting better at it. Okay. Um, Terry, that was a little bit too rational. I'd like to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking though in the video they were busy trying to say it was all because you can have all the sex you want without having to worry about having a kid but I know plenty of married people that don't want to have kids then they decide to have you know a, a marriage without or married kids. people who do want kids and have trouble having kids does huh. that invalidate the marriage yes it, actually it does yes if, if, if I think only the people that, that are the only breeders should should be able to get married <laughs> only that's it 
But seriously, my, my wife yeah. and I never wanted to have kids, and uh, we actually waited like uh, like ten years in order to actually finally get married. It just wasn't an important yeah. thing to us to tie the knot. And that's the thing, you know, to try and quantify marriage as something that has to happen between two people is basically forcing it on them. You know, they're telling us, oh, if you let homosexuals marry, you're forcing us to have to follow your rules. Well, actually, if you're saying that the norm is for a man and a woman to get married just because, you know, they want to have sex, you're forcing your rules. That's true. Yep, that's true. And, and that's well, yeah, what this but their video... rules are the ones that count. Is right. Their yeah. Yeah. So, back to the religious thing. Okay, yeah, exactly. We're back to the religious thing. So, okay. So let me, so, uh, the next thing that they had in here is that, uh, that women you that, that basically they, they use sex to get security. And I hate this argument. It pisses me off to no end. Well, you know, you're not going to buy the cow. If uh, you eat the milk. There you go. I, I think there is a level of truth to that. I'm not saying all women, but I think it goes the other way as well. Right, but, the, men, but they're promoting this as, a, as as this is how it should be. Yeah, but I, I think there are both men and women out there who, um, when they get sex, they feel like there's a better connection to their partner and that there's a security to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I don't, you know, and I think it goes both ways. I think there's men and women who are both in that same boat. Sure, It's sure. It's not all men or all women. So, you know, that, that's a rather, you know, vague, really. Okay. The video is explicit, though, about if yeah. you can get, if you can wait till you get a ring, then the man is, is dedicated to you and he will share his wealth and social status and security with you. Yep. Little woman who all or you have to is, offer in return yep. is your vagina. That's right. A or he's catcher. dedicated to not, not wasting that ring that he put out for. So, in other right. words, he's dedicated to the idea that he bought a ring, so he must be serious. Right. So the next thing the video says is sex is a woman's resource. It's not supposed to be a man's resource. It's supposed to be a woman's resource. Well, that's because a man's virginity isn't as valuable as a woman's virginity. Well, but this is this is more manipulation stuff. Yeah. But still, you look at the value of the of virginity. A man's virginity, even biblically speaking, was no big deal. The woman's virginity, on the other hand, that's valuable. That is the commodity. I mean, who, if, who the woman sells her virginity to. And that's almost what the video is saying. The, it, the, who the woman chooses to sell her virginity to matters. And she should get the most money she can for her virginity. <laughs> exactly. Right? So, oh, but, that's, but, why, that's, that's why we go with the brides wear, new brides wear white and uh, only only virgin brides get to wear white. Right. Right. And we have this second thing. Marriage, you, the, second yeah. marriage, you wear something else but so. of course all of this is counting on the fact that men are willing to pay for sex yeah and that may just be a couple of drinks and conversation it may be a ring but men are willing to to pay something to for for sex and that so that's kind of how this economy works right well, it's also saying it's, that if we take demonstrative men do pay for sex either they pay for they pay for the date or they pay for the wedding ring or they pay for the subscription to the adult site but one way or the other they pay for sex i don't but, think that's as true anymore I no think, it isn't uh, but yeah but Ma but well, mac is right is culturally that is what was expected true now the other implication there is that no matter what men are doing to get the woman all we care about is sex that's true that that that, they, that is what they are saying if we, if we take them to a movie if we do anything with them that is us paying for sex and if you know in the end, we are, plan you know, we figured that's what we're getting out of. Right. So all women are prostitutes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This video almost seemed to be emphasizing that it, over it, and over. Yeah. So it, it, well, you've inspired me, so I'm going to become a gigolo. <laughs> Excellent. So, but contraceptive has contraceptives have reduced the cost of sex. So, and they can, and then they go on to compare the um, the pill to pesticides. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> 
<laughs> Isn't that fantastic? I mean, what, yeah, what, the, what is that supposed to mean? It's supposed to mean that the pill is bad. It's an evil Well, yeah, it's, it's this evil thing. Yeah, so. It's going to kill off the bees. Did you see how the men and women divided up after the pill in that lightning bolt image where all these women who really just wanted marriage were on one side of the lightning yes. bolt and all these men who just really wanted sex were on the other? Yeah, I was, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, well, who says? We're sure. <laughs> so, but, so having, but now having sex and getting married have become disassociated. So it used to be the idea is that to, to get the sex, you've got to get married. Right. But now we don't have to get married to get the sex because women are putting out all over the place because of contraceptives, contraception. And once again, we get into the idea that marriage is like a huge social good, that it's something like um, that uh, the, the family is the cornerstone of civilization. And it's like nobody's done any research to prove that to be true. I mean. Right. Um, of course, marriage is where usually where you get uh, new children from to get. But you know that's going to happen no matter what. People are going to ha uh, have children and form family groups. Um, and uh, but we could do. You know, we could use with lowering the de the birth rate more. I mean, there's no problem with that. I don't think. Um, no, not at all. And, right. Yeah. So it's like you know this whole thing about um, uh, trying to make sure that we oh we got to protect the the family and it's like people are always going to form families even if they form it less often than they did before that's no huge big deal. Right. Well, marriage is a cultural construct, right? So other societies name kinship and relationships differently than we do. We call it marriage in ours. No. So and this this the, so the next part was what you were talking about, um, uh, Terry. There are more men looking for sex. And there are more women looking for marriage. And that's not culturally driven at all. No, but I might prove that. I mean, <laughs> come on, prove that. Um, okay, so the split, the, the, the split, uh, so the split in the mating market has caused a problem for women. Because we went from having all this control, we could use our vaginas to control everyone and have all this power in society. Okay, can Remember we say, when our mothers, yeah, can we call them cum catchers? <laughs> yeah. Remember when our mothers and grandmothers had all this power in society, and now that we have the pill, oh, oh. no more power for you. Uh oh. oh. Wait, they, they had power? I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They couldn't vote, and all this other stuff. They had power. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that the, that the problem here is actually that we have empowered women beyond what they were um, socially supposed to, to be in the first place, and that's what has caused this problem. Got to get women back in the kitchen, damn it. And keep them pregnant. And because... keep them pregnant and barefoot, right? Don't buy them shoes because that way they can't get out of the house. Right. When you are the man who has the money, who bestows these gifts on your on your woman in exchange for sex, don't include shoes. <laughs> <laughs> right. But and so so and but also this this article said that or the it says that but but because the the other the other shoes that men are outnumbering women. Right. So send them off to war. Right. I mean, that's how we fix that. Um, but this ratio is no longer true. After the age of 24, it starts to reverse. So I, men are probably killing themselves off doing, you know, stupid tricks. You know, hey, look at this. Whack. That's <laughs> 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 um, I did. The article didn't say exactly why that was. But it, but the and by the time, you know, people you hit 85. It's like the, you, the the ratio is like way reversed. There are way more women than than men at the age of eighty five. So, I, so I, I mean, if you can make it to eighty five, men, there there's a lot of prospects for you out there. Well, they they say that married men tend to live longer than unmarried men. 
Um, I, I think it actually just seems. <laughs> yeah, that could be true. <laughs> uh, let's see. So now, but now here's the problem is that, okay, so, so women used to control the whole, the, the whole sex thing and the marriage thing and they used to drive that market with their vaginas, but now men can be picky where before they couldn't, they just had to take whatever woman would have sex with them. What did they, the supply and demand. The, it's supply and demand, right, yeah. exactly. That's where that whole supply and demand thing, you know, because now there are more men than women, which should, you know, you think that that's actually good for women. You would think. But because women are not helping each other, you know, and supporting each other, you know, now that now they've become, you know, the enemy, you know, because they're all competing for these men because they got to get one, um, you know, it, the, the, the whole the whole system is broken. All thanks to the pill. All thanks to the pill, yeah. I mean, the condom had nothing to do with it, just the pill. Uh, let's see. Well, the the reason that it's the pill, not the condom, is because the pill is something that a woman controls. Right, exactly. Yeah. And the condom is more the male controls. Yeah. So now men are in the driver's seat. So that so and you know, because they have so many choices where they can you know where they can get their sex. You know they they don't have to commit. Right. It's not that men are scared of commitment. It's that now they don't have to commit anymore. Right. Yeah. Let's see. Um, and of course, the average age of uh, of people getting married is going up. Right, so I think that people are having a kid in their twenties, and later on in the thirties they get married, right? Or they're finishing college, or they're going to grad school, or they're whatever. Right. It's a different. Well, and the, the view on the view on that too is um, a little uh, kind of weird because it's it's like they're saying, you know, well, this is, we want what we want is more men to uh, be forced to marry their women, uh, just on <laughs> yeah. the fact that uh, that the woman got pregnant. Right. That, that's that, right. They think that's yeah. a good thing. Right. Because that's that worked exactly out it. so well for me. Well, and the other thing is that if, if women, women colluding would be the best way to raise the price of sex, but there's no sign of this happening. Not yet. Right. So antitrust laws. Right. And also, it, we know that if women were in control, there would be higher male investment. Right. Because they would be demanding these males, you know, provide the diamond rings before they open their legs. Agreed. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so and, and that basically I, that sums up, I think, the whole video. I think I got the whole thing summed up there. Yeah. It's almost cutely anachronistic, you know. There's like this yeah. piece of it that's sort of, oh, isn't that cute? This dude from the 1950s is telling us about sex now. Right, but the whole thing is, is that th that that marriage is the ideal for these people, and I'm not sure that it's necessary anymore. And uh, and and the other, you know, the other thing that's interesting is, um, I know that's that's a, I got a, I really get a Jezebel argument that I wanted to fit in here, but next week. Mm. I've got another like two sentence thing from that Jezebel article. Yeah, go ahead. Um, don't try to bluff me into swallowing your lie that the world is with more marriages is objectively a better world. You cannot trick me into believing that divorce is a failure of society and not a grand fucking triumph. And you will not drag me and the rest of society into the past with you. True that, sister. Yeah. I got married for insurance purposes. Same here. <laughs> I was engaged already, but the actual marriage was insurance. Yeah, I wasn't going to worry about it, but then I wanted to add um, Jen to my policy. So I, uh, so I got married. So, cause you had to have a status change. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that uh, we're, we're kind of a skewed group here because what was marriage that important to any of us? Well, like I said, I was engaged. You know, me and Sarah were engaged at right. the time we weren't rushing into it, but she was pregnant and, you know. So you got married because you knocked her up. So it worked. So this worked out for oh. Sarah. This worked the way it's supposed to. Well, like no, I said, uh, my, uh, my wife and I uh, always knew that uh, we were the ones that we wanted to spend our lives with. It having a piece of paper to prove that wasn't really all that important to us. That's why it took us so long to get around to it. Sure. 
Sven was in the process of maybe getting transferred out of town, so we thought we should get married so that I could easily go with them. Right, but you, you know, got married because you were afraid that if you didn't get married that he would go out of town and cheat on you, right? So yeah, you got married exactly to prevent it. it. I was worried about all these women who yeah. the pill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? That's going to be a big fear for you. Not that, yeah, I could be on his insurance and, you know. No, no, I don't think that, you know. Logistically easier. No, the, 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 this video said nothing about those kinds of security. I mean, it said security, right? So maybe we can include that in there. But they never really went into that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, for my own part, marriage was important to me when I, when I got together with my now ex-wife. Marriage was important to me, children or not. Hmm, interesting. But and even but even I, though marriage is about having children, if you have children, you have to share the toys. Oh, that is so <laughs> true. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's that bad. <laughs> you know, and you try and buy them their own too, but no, they just gotta play with yours. Well, yeah, There's I know. Truth to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. So, um, the the other articles, you know, I put the I put the article in there to show you. I mean, different cultures have different. Um, there are a lot more sex positive cultures out there for women. I mean, there's one in China where when the, when the woman, uh, I, that culture might have been eradicated by now, but there used to be in China a culture where when the woman became of age, she would be given her a flower room where she could have men there. And the rule was that the men were out by morning. They were supposed to be out of the place by, by morning. And she could have more than one man there that night if she wanted to, right? It was her room. She could, you know, kick one out and bring another one in. And that was perfectly acceptable there. The woman was pretty much in charge. Uh, you know, that was a very um, matriarchal-driven sex society. And, and in that culture, the, you know, the, the brothers um, and, and, you know, other males in the family were expected to help raise the child, right? Not the father. You know, the, we, don't, we don't know who the father is. We don't, we don't care, right? Just a sperm donor. So, so, there, so this Western idea, I mean, it really is a Western idea. There are other, um, you know, more sex-positive cultures out there that, that I, I would argue are far more healthy. Is it as much of is it more of a Christian idea though? I think it is. I, I yeah, really do. I think it I think it comes back to Christianity. And unfortunately because it is because it is a Judeo Christian <clears throat> idea, it tends to poison the other cultures in the world that are more sex positive and give them our give them our problems. You know, yeah, if, if, if you're gonna get on me for, for using the term douchebag, I'm gonna get on the for you for using Judeo Christian. You know, the Christians and the, and the Jews spent hundreds of years killing each other so how why do we have a judeo-christian <laughs> idea they, those people didn't like each other it's but now we lump testament. them together it's the shared old testament jeez <laughs> i think maybe more than just being christian values too maybe it's it's a lot of values that come from like the victorian era right you know back yes. when uh, things got uh, really you know repressed sexually i mean back in the victoria era a lot of people didn't even think it was proper to say the word trousers they would <laughs> You, you know, you can't say that. That that is a very uh, a very problematic word. You have to say the southern necessity. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, but the the problem is with that though is that the Victorian era was was very bad for that. Although, probably the fact that there was so much repression, sexual oppression during the uh, Victorian era, actually did more for sex in all kinds of different ways than a lot of things did. But you can't blame the Victorian era one hundred percent for the U.S. because the U.S. The initial, uh, you know, the culture we kind of consider ourselves to come from is that pilgrim culture, and they were incredibly down on sex. So you're saying that the more repressed the woman, the kinkier she is in bed? Well, that's the that's the lesson of the of the Victorian era, yeah. Nice. <laughs> 
I like Daryl Ray's um, definition of a pervert. Do you know what that is? What is that? Somebody, Somebody who's, who's having... having better sex than you. Are. You got it. Nice. <laughs> I've heard that now. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Everybody okay. else in the world is a pervert. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. We said I said that last week, didn't I? Oh, that's right. So, oh, man, uh, that's a used joke. joke. Recycled yeah. it. Damn it. Yeah. All right, ready to move on to bigots? We yeah, are we ready to move on in, to bigots. In, What's that? <laughs> oh, no, I'll definitely keep it in. I'm not cutting anything out. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, except for maybe that, maybe, maybe actually that, that, um, stuff you said about marriage that sounded too rational, that I might have to cut. <laughs> cut that out. Cut no. that out. Jeez. All right. Let's go on. Let's talk about some, uh, I mean, more conservative bigots. Why not? Oh, this week we got quite a few of them. And oh, there's man. one that, uh, I will probably get a bit, um, angry when I talk about, but we're going to start talking about, okay. I am not a fan of the Disney live action show. My kids have watched them and I've gotten caught up in them. I've never found them that good or that well written. However, the show Good Luck Charlie did one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. And of course it pissed off the conservatives. If you, um, go to our first article here, um, conservatives angry after Disney Channel debuts lesbian couple on Good Luck Charlie. If you go down to the bottom to, um, to the full scene, it is a brilliantly done scene. You have the mother and father sitting there talking about Charlie's friend that's coming over. And they are confused over the name of the mother. And then they um open the door. The little girl runs, runs goes to play with Charlie. And there's two mothers there. And um, you know, one of them introduces the other like, oh, and you know, the father then hits himself. And oh, she has two mothers. And it was very casual. It's not like it was a big deal. It's like, oh, that explains it all. Let's get on with it. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. That's exactly how it should be. Right. It, it, but... Uh, did you feel that that was agenda driven? Oh, possibly. I think it was finance driven. Uh, well, th- a lot of people are saying that 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 maybe this show is on its way out. Here- well, it was finishing up. It had already planned. It was in its last. Season. Oh, okay. They had already planned that. So this isn't like one of those things where they put it in and then the show was going under. No, the sh- they had decided this was the last season of the show. The show has ended with a finale that they had planned. So this was already planned to be the last season. You know, here's the thing: is that Disney has never actually been. A, a terribly religious group. Remember that they were that they originally were supposed to put out dogma, right? And and some Southern Baptist group got mad at them, and you know, yeah, they caved. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think it's uh, agenda. I don't think it's agenda driven to uh, to put out uh, so, um, some sort of situation happening and, and uh, you know display a thing that could could happen to people that uh, a social situation that exists in today's world, like exploring the that aspect of life that, and, that's and not an agenda driven that's just art and i can say for a fact this is realistic we ha- um we actually associate um very often now with a lesbian couple that has a little girl and both my boys have almost had the moment where they realize oh wait a minute they're both her mother i think i think that um uh my oldest daughter is also friends with her um but also my youngest has has a um another um another couple that you know the two moms so but, it's but, becoming more and more common yeah and it's like, hey, thing. So, oh, Ian, two Okay, why make Ian, a big deal about it? Yeah. Ian, I'm not familiar with the show Good Luck Charlie. Um, <laughs> okay. But let me just ask this question. How is this couple on Good Luck Charlie, how is this any more or less offensive to anybody than, say, the couple of Cam and Mitchell on Modern Family with their adopted daughter? Well, this one's on Disney. Yeah, it, it's a it's a kids uh, programming Okay. Yeah. What it's does uh, what does Disney own? <laughs> Everything. Okay. Star Wars. Well, they, own, they own Marvel comics. Yep. They own Lucasfilm. They own the Muppets. 
Yep. They also own ABC TV, and ABC TV has Modern Family. Family. Yeah. So Modern Family is on Ergo Disney. Agreed. But like I said, once more, the, the, the idea is this is being targeted towards kids trying to brainwash them into accepting um, homosexual okay. couples. While so in other words, it's the fact that it's it's the fact that the mouse is the mouse is showing up with two minis. Got it. Right. Well, that's so, that was the point of this. You know, this these groups getting upset was that you know that basically that they're normalizing this for kids, right. and that's awful. The, they say that um, they want Disney to avoid controversial topics that children are far too young to comprehend. Well, it's not controversial. Two people who love each other is not controversial until they bring in their bigotry, and then it becomes controversial. Right. Yeah. And remember uh, that this is the, the the group that's doing this is the one million moms, the, the, the small group of people that make up the one million moms. Yeah. Okay. Do they march? Uh, no, but it, but they are. So, but it was, the, that group was created by the American Family Association. Well, I, I don't know if they can march because they're probably barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Right. Exactly. We can't I let them out. I that million mom march. Well, they they had Airport a million men march. I would pay to see that. March. Or what, they had a woman, a, a million one, million mom march in D.C. and it was not a million moms, not even close. Okay, so was it just the ones that had shoes? Yeah, yes, yeah, the ones that were allowed to have shoes. Right. <laughs> so that level of bigotry, we know it's out there, and while it bothers us. You know, we can make fun of it. This next one is... Well, wait, one. hold on, hold on. There's one more thing that I thought was okay. funny about this. Is that the news reporters, when the, when they were talking about it, they were talking about how this was historical because it was the first time that there was a um, a same-sex couple on on the Disney Channel. So that was historical. So the way I figure it, every time Disney Channel does something for the first time, it must be historical because <laughs> they had the historical redhead, the historical child wearing red shoes, the historical blonde. I mean, all those things are historical now, right? Right. God, the, the, even the even the guys that were presenting this, you know, were, were I mean, it was it was, I don't know, that's hilarious. <laughs> they were making a bigger deal than they Yeah, way bigger, but calling it a, a historical because it was the first time it was on Disney Channel was just <laughs> hilarious. I and mean, clearly now we know that it, since it's already been on ABC, de facto, it's already been on Disney Channel. So there you go. So anyways, uh, as I was saying, that one we can make fun of. We know those bigots. We deal with them. That's one level of bigotry that we're used to now, and we don't take it too seriously. However, this next one, which is a follow-up to very rarely will I say this, but I think we've found someone who has sunk to a lower level than the Westboro Baptist Church. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind this person, ah, okay. The story is five-year-old actress gets death threat over her Disney show. So the little girl that plays Charlie in, um... The show. Her, um, she's been playing it since she was probably two. You know, we've seen her grow up in it. Um, apparently, after this episode aired, some I, I don't even know how to describe lowness of this person. But he gets on Instagram and goes to her account and says, "Die, Mia! Fucking die in hell! Kill yourself! You deserve to die!" Wow. I'm not. I, I mean, I'm trying to picture how low you'd have to sink to threaten to threaten a person's life to begin with over something like this, but to threaten a five-year-old little girl who 100% had nothing to do with any of it. She was just the talent in there. And at five years old, it's not like they were going to go over with her and say, oh, by the way, do you approve of what we're doing? No. <laughs> it's, oh, I'm, and like, this is So she doesn't have 100% script approval. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at five, they don't do that. So it's like, what wrong with right, the but we see, but we've seen so often that this is good Christian values. This is the yeah. same kind of mentality of the people that are out there killing abortion doctors and claiming it's godly. 
And that's the what thing. I'm, what I'm I wondering know, about you know, is... they, they make, you know, five-year-olds in China build iPods. They can't uh, get a five-year-old to give a five-year-old star in a U.S. sitcom script approval. Okay, well, they've got to have five-year-olds <laughs> build iPods because they've got the tiny fingers. But. Um, hey, but that's okay because we need our electronics, right? I mean, we're, we do. we're, we don't want to pass judgment on that. Let's just pass judgment on this, please. Um, let me ask what, what bugs me about this is what level of emotional investment did this person have in both the show and the child actor to go from, to go to this level of vile hatred? Uh, that's well, the, or is that's it the just... thing that makes me, that, that makes me leery is this, there's a really, really unhealthy level of investment. In this person's life in this show. I think unhealthy is key here, but it's, yeah, it's just also targeting the most vulnerable person in this scenario that you could target, right? Right. Instead of emailing Disney officials with death threats, he emails the five-year-old. Well, he's probably pretty sure that he could beat the five-year-old up if, he, if it came down to a fist fight. Well, yeah, but here's the thing is he didn't even attack the, the, the people that were portraying lesbians. He skipped them and went right, right, I mean, you, like Terry said, to the most vulnerable ter- person that they could attack. Ugh, it's it's lesbians disgusting. I wouldn't want to fight, start a fight with a lesbian. As we were talking, these are the Christians <laughs> that believe they have the moral high ground here. I'm sorry, this person, the, the moment you make a death threat, you lose your moral high ground. And to sink to this level of making death threat to a five-year-old girl, you don't even come close to having a moral high ground. Well, There's nothing moral. But if you carry it out, you take the moral high ground back. Okay, not really. I, I, I definitely hope please find this guy because the person needs help. I, 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 I am not a doctor. I can't diagnose him. But just the fact he did this says that he's most likely not the healthiest person mentally and probably needs to be moved from society. Now, let's go ahead and diagnose him. He's sick. <laughs> but no, this this angered me. And I think it's justified anger because, you know, I, I can understand, you know, they don't agree with it and they can voice the disagreement, but the certain levels of how do you cross that line? How do you sink so low? I, I just don't get it. And it's, sure you do. You get it. You, 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 this is not like this is that surprising for this group. It's awful. It's terrible, but unfortunately it's what we expect from them. Yeah. Because it makes news. We're talking about it. Other people are talking about it. The hell, the police are investigating it. And hopefully they'll find the guy, right? That's that's the real key here, is that yeah. they need to find the guy and make an example of him. Like I say, you know, it's going to be very rare that I say someone, to me, is lower than the Westboro Baptist Church. But this person definitely falls into that category. Well, I, I promise you that they would agree. No, that's I, not true. No, I take that back because they have been pretty nonviolent about things. They yeah, have been they, they pretty don't make passive. Or they're, they're just insulting yeah. and degrading. And, yeah, you know. they're passive aggressive. Yeah, I, I, even them, I don't think would cross this line. <laughs> you know, they'd be happy if she died, but they wouldn't tell her to die or to kill herself. Well, that's a pretty would, low bar. Even the Westboro know. Baptist Church wouldn't do this. <laughs> yeah, that is low, uh, right. Disagree. Disagree. I think Westboro Baptists would do it if they thought it would get them coverage. Yeah, I think you might be right about that. They are they are, media, they are whores. media whores exactly. I don't know, but they they they. I mean, they haven't. They've been very good about not attacking people physically, but with words, they will always attack. So maybe this isn't below them because this is an attack of words. This person is not actually looking to kill that little girl. I I I I I doubt that. Yeah. Right. Um, I yeah. personally hope that they kept the death threat from the little girl herself. You 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 figured the mother probably would because the mother's the one. If you read the article, it talks about the mother kind of you know being involved, and you hope the parents are like, okay, she doesn't need to know about it. Well, she is a little young to have a conversation about why she's being threatened in this manner for appearing on TV. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. So, all right, one more. So the next bigotry is Arizona. 
Oh, shocking. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. Arizona? I am shocked. Those bigots. So, and, and this is, of course, George Takei's take on it, but George Takei's defiant response to Arizona as state passes the turn away the gays bill. Now, a few podcasts ago, we were talking about the bakery here in Colorado that was told, no, you guys can't discriminate against homosexuals. You have to treat everyone equal. Well, in Arizona, they decided that they will pass a law that basically goes just the opposite of that, saying, yes, you can discriminate all you want. And um, needless to say, George Takei, openly gay, um, had some pretty choice words to say about that. Well, give me some of his choice words. Um, where is his letter? I don't know. Okay. Why you're looking, I, I don't know. Dumbass can respond to this because dumbass has a, has a little bit different take on this than the rest of us usually do about this kind of thing. Is he there? Hello? Oh, I'm man. not here. Right, so, uh, right, have we lost dumbass? That is so unfortunate. So basically, Decay goes into talking about how um, they actually have family in Arizona, and they're regularly visiting there because uh, uh, his husband was born in Phoenix. They, they vacation in Solo. They have close friends and relatives in the state. Spend weeks there annually. We even attended a Fourth of July parade show in uh, in 2012. Then you jump a little bit. So let me make this as let me make my point. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm having fun. Okay, so he finishes, but this passed anyways, just to make the hateful opinion of us crystal clear. So let me make mine just as clear. If you, Governor Jan Brewer, signs this repugnant bill into law, make no mistake, we will not come, we will not spend, and we will urge everyone we know from large corporations to small families on vacation to boycott because you don't deserve our dollars, not one red cent. And maybe you just never learned. In um, 1989, you voted down recognition of the Martin Luther King holiday, and as a result, conventions and tourists boycotted the state, and the NFL moved the Super Bowl to Pasadena. That was a $500 million mistake. So basically what he's saying is, you don't want us, we won't show up, and we will encourage everyone else not to go to your state, and it will affect tourist trade. And right now, I, I have no doubt it would. Really? How much? I mean, really? Uh, with the power that's going on right now with some of these groups. Yeah, maybe. Uh-huh. You know, and I, I love the picture they have. Um, Takei, it says Takei mocked up sign. Um, we reserve the right to refuse service to Arizona legislate. <laughs> and I honestly, if this bill passes, I hope there are places in Arizona that put up signs like this and start coming up with who, who should we refuse service to? I mean, seriously, this is going backwards. This is going to an age where if I open a business, I can put signs that says, I reserve the right to refuse service to Anyone wearing um, black shoes, I reserve the right to refuse service to anyone that belongs to this one church up the road that I really don't care for. Right. I mean, what level does it stop at? It's like, no, if you're going to do a service industry like that, you it's, it's no difference from racism. Well, but he, wait a second. Hold on. But if you have the right to discriminate, as, as a business owner, you have the right to refuse service. And I know that your argument here is going to be that because this is what – um uh, well, uh it, if well, anyway, if you have the right to refuse service and, and to anybody, you also have to accept any repercussions that might come with that. So if but, you yeah. do say I don't want gays here, how how much is that going to hurt your business? And and if the, if they're giving the people the right to do this, and there's no repercussions, well, <laughs> enough said, right? Well, but do I? Okay, next is okay. Now I have the right to refuse um having to 
um, have um, just one benefit for males. I have the site go backwards. No, 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 no. But the, see, but the, the, the having, I mean, depending on how bathrooms work, depending on the amount of people that you service, you have to have so many bathrooms, men and women, right? And so much, so much infrastructure there. You, so that's different. No, but it, no, you didn't let me finish. My oh, point. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I can then install. I can have the nice bathrooms for the customers who I have deemed. Oh, I see what you're saying. And I will make these dinky little bathrooms off to the side. It's like, oh no, uh, you know, when you walk to the bathroom. Well, let's see. I'm going to decide right here and now what kind of um, person I decide you are. You're a worthy person. You can use the good restroom. You aren't. You can go outside around the back the little outhouse thing we have provided. It it it, it, it really is getting back to that level. Okay, sure. Ha- having separate bathrooms, having separate water fountains. You might as well start doing that if you're going to let laws like this pass because you're doing the exact same thing that we were trying to get away from 60 years ago and they're bringing us right back to it just because they want to be bigots and decide to do the exact same thing to homosexuals that was being done to um blacks okay uh, yeah i that, that's one of the things uh, I, I was kind of hoping because uh, did you read that email I sent to you a while back? I know, Brian, you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I was yeah. actually we had lost you here. I was hoping you would respond to this. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I uh, had to go take care of something. Uh, oh. Didn't realize that uh, you were thought that maybe you could miss me for a couple minutes. No, we miss you quite a bit. Actually, we couldn't. It was too long. <laughs> Definitely too long. No, but um, okay. I because I wanted you to respond to this because you had a different take on like like when we before talked about this kind of discrimination and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, you know, of course, um, I'd like to say that um, uh, uh, I think that the government, of course, should be forced not to discriminate. The government serves the people. That's we got we got to um, force the government uh, to have anti-discrimination policies. And I even think uh, corporations, since corporations are government-supported entities, the government should force corporations to fall in line with that. They're they're not uh, individually owned businesses. But I'm kind well, of a guy in the U.S. Business uh, corporations are people. <laughs> I don't believe that. Well, that's what that's our law. Like, that's what our Supreme Court said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Know, go on. I'm sorry. You know, I don't want to derail you. Go. <laughs> But um, uh, anyway, um, I think, you know, private people should be allowed to be uh, assholes as much as we can let them be assholes. I think, you know, freedom isn't just about freedom for things that uh, uh, things that are safe. You know, free- the freedom to say, I like cookies isn't really much of a freedom. You, you should have a freedom to go against the grain. And so um, I think and and that's not to say, too, that um, the uh, the segregation laws and stuff, yeah, stuff about black water fountains and um, no blacks served here. I mean, that that did need to be to put a law against it. But what my point is that um, it, it's that freedom is really important. And any time we make a law that goes against people's freedoms, even their freedom to be an asshole, we, we've got to look at it not as a huge victory, but as a sad necessity. So um, if, it, if it gets to the point where people are being like, like it's become a real problem that a certain t- portion of the population uh, are being denied basic services of life wherever they go, then yeah, that needs to stop. The government does need to step in. Um, but uh, I see it as a sad necessity, not, not a huge victory. And we should always try to go for as much freedom as possible, even the freedom of people to be assholes. Yeah, that, that it. It's a sad necessity. Right, but so this bill is is empowering business owners to choose who they want to serve. It's empowering business owners to be bigger than assholes. Well, okay. What if you don't? What if you don't want to serve the Down syndrome kid? Well, I mean, as a business owner, isn't that my right? Yeah. 
I, well, you know, uh, a lot of businesses have uh, signs up saying, you know, we d- we re- we retain the right to refuse service to anybody. I mean, like uh, yeah. any certain person who comes in and sa- and um, you know, you think that person is a notorious shoplifter, or for any other reason, you don't think that person should be in your establishment. Um, I think uh, you should have the right uh, to deny that person and. I mean, I don't think you even uh, should have to give a reason why you deny any certain person access to your business. Uh, I think that's something about, that it's a, some right that you should uh, have as a business owner. What about like large categories of people, though? You yeah, think that I all think blacks problem, are shoplifters, so no blacks. I think the problem shop. comes in saying in not in denying individual people the right to your business, but in saying, okay, I'm excluding this class of people. That's when it becomes, that's when it changes from being discrimination of the small D to discrimination of the large D. Well, interesting, similar topic, but not um, a racial group or, you know, homosexuality or anything. There's an article, um, the steampunk group, I forget what state it was now, they have been doing these events of going to various um, carousels around the state. And they went to this, they were meeting up at this one mall to um, ride the carousel out in the mall. And apparently, um, they, they hadn't even gotten into a big group yet. There were um, apparently this one family of four and two other people they knew in the mall at the time, but they weren't, you know, a big group. They were actually asked to leave because they were in a steampunk costume, no weapon or anything, mind you, just the basic steampunk style. And they were asked to leave because it was too much of a... Um, I forget the reasoning, but they actually, the mall security had this whole reasoning as to why, you know, they are um, not supposed to be at the mall. And it's like, what? And it was absurd. It was, you know, one of the most absurd things I've read. And it was just, we've decided that because you guys don't fit in, we don't want you here. You know, okay. I'd agree that it's absurd and it's a, uh, and it's kind of, uh, kind of wrong, but, uh, you got to wonder whether that means that there should be a law against people doing things like that. I'm not sure that we really need a law that says you have that explicit right to uh, uh, to deny anybody access. But and uh, certainly, I think if anybody came out with a sign on their business or saying no blacks allowed, that people would just uh, boycott them to hell. They'd be like, okay, uh, I'm not going in there either anymore. Right. Yeah, but in- um, that. That's a thing that uh, would probably happen in today's society. In the U.S., um, we can screw, uh, screw. <laughs> we can sue for discrimination. Yes. So, so even if they pass this law, there are still discrimination laws on the books that they could be sued for. So, can, go, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say, I I agree with Dumbass's point that allies of these marginalized groups would probably also boycott these businesses in today's era, sure. and uh, maybe just that social pressure would drive these businesses out or to change their policies. Ultimately, though, it, it we we can we can find ways to justify the law, and maybe we should allow it to go through. It is unconstitutional, and I believe yes. that it will get struck down. I don't think that I don't think that a law like this can survive even in Arizona. Agreed. Uh, we, we you definitely hope it um, goes through the process of getting struck down because you know it, it's a message that needs to be sent to these other states before they start trying to think they can do it. Hey, but on the other way, you can look at this as as you know knowing where um, particular people aren't going to get good service, and maybe that's not a good place for them in the first place. I mean, there, there are other ways to look at this. I mean, if, we, if, if how many businesses are really going to do this? You know, we've yeah. got a few that don't want to make cakes for a gay couple. Okay. Um, I, I, and as awful as I, as I think that is, I don't like it. Do they, should they be, should they have the right to do it? Look at what happened with, um, Jessica Alquest. None of those people wanted to deliver that atheist flowers, right? It's the same kind of thing. And, and we're looking at this going, well, the, it's wrong, right? 
But what they did is they finally found somebody who was willing to, to do, to do it for them. And they, and they made a lot of money because they were the one that was willing to do that. That, the flower provider that, that actually ended up delivering flowers, the Jessa Alquest, did quite well because they were the one that finally, you know, because they did it and they had to come from out of state to do it. Right. So in that particular um, situation, you can look and say, well, that was terrible that that those businesses didn't want that money. But somebody banked off of it. Yeah. Well, um, and there's also historically, think you know, you look back at it, um, you know, Ray Charles, if you watched his movie, one of the things he did was he got banned from Georgia all because he um, he was told, wait a minute, they're not letting um, blacks into see your shows. And he said, wait a minute, if they're not doing that, then I won't perform here. And there is a power to celebrities and stuff standing up and saying, okay, if th- this state is going to have these kind of laws, I'm not going to have anything to do with them. And it, it does encourage others to follow that. And I, that, of course, it can that, backfire, too. Sure. Like uh, Barbara Streisand boycotting Colorado, well, didn't really affect us that much. Why did she boycott us? Right. But I, I guess the, the point kind of here is, is here that when capitalism works correctly – these things have a way of taking care of themselves. I mean, they, 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 they you know, somebody is going to benefit where, where somebody else is discriminating. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I think it is kind of a balancing act to, to determine where you need the laws. Because, like, um, I'm kind of the, per- you know, that my opinion is always to err uh, on caution for on the side of giving people more freedom, even if it's their freedom to do things that you really disapprove of. Um, but, uh, you know, you got it, it's this balancing act where you got to say, OK, is his freedom to do that? Re- or, or is that becoming such a problem? People that have have the freedom to do that are becoming a real problem. And then you have to. Uh, enact laws against it, but I think you've got to really, you know, instead of having the knee-jerk reaction that there ought to be a law, you got to say, um, well, even though the, these people are acting terribly, is it is it enough of a problem that we need to tell them that they can't do it? Well, if a hundred percent of the restaurants in Arizona chose not to serve same-sex couples, or you know, or anybody who just you know had had, had a different sexual persuasion than theirs. Then it would be a problem for sure, right? Then, then you got to do something. But if it's one or two businesses, do you do you just let it go? I think one or two businesses, you just let it go unless the businesses yeah. are really essential and the the only one in the in the place. Ah, so if they've got a monopoly, they can't be allowed to discriminate. Or what if it's like a medical or right? Pharmacy well, that's or... different. They shouldn't. I don't think they they should be allowed to uh, discriminate. Period. And we've had issues yeah, with that, pharmacies. Well, that's, that's because they're they're an essential business. They yeah. uh, they need to be there. They're they're something that the government needs to look at uh, regulating more heavily because they're essential to uh, life and limb. Right. But now we're qualifying. And and at what point? I mean, at what point do we do we say, well, it's essential for somebody to be able to get something to eat too? It's a it's a balancing act. Yeah. But you know, if if I, I think if people if certain people have real trouble uh, getting service, get it, go, getting something to eat, they have to go out of their way. Then that might be something that you need to look at and say, uh, are, should we put some law in place here? Right. But the other problem with laws is that they don't do good with nuance. And you are you are you are advocating nuance in this stuff, and laws don't do well with that. Gray area is not. You, it's hard to regulate gray area. Yeah, it, it's it's really tough. Yeah. All right, so we don't have a good answer. We're, 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 I'm conflicted. At least I am. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I see, I see both I, arguments. You know, I, I take the viewpoint that businesses should have the right to limit service to those they choose. Not that it, the government should legislate it, but the business should, business should have the right to 
limit services, but they also should be willing to deal with the repercussions of who they limit services to. So well, in other words, if you limit services to one person and he tells all his friends, your business drops off. Maybe, but look at Chick-fil-A. Yep. So I, I don't know. Well, I, Chick-fil-A I, I isn't based... actually refusing service to anybody. They're just supporting. Right. That's true. But but and, that you know, but... plus they've got delicious lemonade. All right. So we have three bigots. Which one is the bigot of the week? George Takei. <laughs> He's not up. Oh, what? He wasn't up for it. Never he wasn't mind. up for it. Our, our choices are our choices are the Disney, uh, the the conservatives that are angry at the Disney Channel. Um, the, I think the one who made the threat against the threat. The okay, there's a, yeah the guy there. who made the threat against the five year old girl, and there's the Arizona legislature. I'm with Mac on the five-year-old. Yeah, threat. yeah, that that was by far the worst. Yeah, that was yep. sinking pretty low. Yeah. Hey guys, did you know that Brian Fisher loves black cock? I mean, he black black man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I read that article as he was being blackmailed. Oh, is that it? No, no, I'm pretty sure that he wants black cock. Um, Brian Fisher. So uh, let me ask you. I, I guess I need to ask you guys some questions. I mean, are you guys um in favor of normalizing um same-sex relationships? Yeah. Yeah. So you guys hate Generally black men. Speaking, I think love is love. <laughs> you guys hate black men. Apparently so. Yeah. This logic, yes. According to Brian Fisher. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This this Brian Fisher guy, he's a chess player, right? Uh that's Bobby <laughs> Fisher. And oh, no. That uh, that's the Fisher guy? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this this Brian Fisher guy from the American Family Association. Um he, he say this is how he, he put it. If you are for uh, legalize legalization of homosexuality. You are the uh, you're, and you're basically the, uh, accepting the of homosexuality. Essentially, he's saying you're killing right. black men. Well, no, yeah, you are in, in favor. Basically, you're in favor of normalizing um, homosexuality. Um, you do not care about black men. You have only no. Men that's right. You have, how is he not the bigot of the week? Uh, well, he could have been, and he probably is. And, and but apparently, only apparently, in his viewpoint, only black men. Are, are homosexuals because they're the ones who are being affected by the AIDS thing. Right. Well, that, okay. So, yeah. So basically, because, because black men are being, um, uh, highly, uh, I guess that, um, um, proportionally black men, are, um, gay black men are, are being, uh, um, well, it doesn't say gay, just black men in general. Yeah. Well, he's talking about homosexuality. Yeah, could, it, could, it, could it be, uh, that, uh, the black men with- are, uh, are immigrants from Africa because I know there's like an AIDS epidemic going on in yeah, Africa. Yeah, there, there absolutely is, yeah. But, Brian, the statistics he give does not specifically say it's the black men that are getting AIDS. Are the black, black gay men that are But he's also talking about men. normalizing homosexual behavior. This is how, I mean, the, because amongst he's, black he's men. One of those- um, ignorant people that absolutely. To I'm hold on, hold on. Hold I'm on. trying to make me, his bigoted argument, and you guys won't even let me say say <laughs> what what this bigot had to say. Let me let me put it out there. Okay, apparently, black men in in his viewpoint have no reli- have no resistance to homosexual behavior. So if we normalize homosexual behavior, black men again, back in Fisher's viewpoint, are just men. gonna all. <laughs> Are just going to all do they the have all the homosexuals. Well, you have to remember the logic a lot of the um, Christian, you know, right clings to is that homos- all homosexuals will sooner or later get AIDS and die of it because that's the way homos- uh, that's the way AIDS work. God's wrath act- and all that. I think, <laughs> you're, pre- I think like- you're mispronouncing that though, Ian. Oh, it's homosexuals. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that is the way it is pronounced. Right, but here's the thing: is is Brian Fisher does not want homosexuality be to be legal because he loves black men, and so if all the black men are off being gay, he can't have any. 
Oh, he's so misunderstood, Brian Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I I'm I'm thinking that Hillbilly God's wife ought to chime in on this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that she has a statement prepared. This time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's the, but here's the thing is that ultimately the the um AIDS spreading particularly if it's in the US is is a, is is an is an education issue yeah. right we can we can teach people how to protect themselves better and whether whether we say that this is legal or not it's going to happen Gay, you know two black men are going to find each other and fall in love and that is okay right or a black man will find a black woman who got infected from a black man and got infected from a black woman. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's an yeah. ongoing cycle. Or a white woman. Or a white yep. woman, right? No, but part of the problem here is is that he's proposing the idea that if we say, hey, gays can't marry and, and, and nobody can be gay, that we're just going to solve this problem. That's how we solve yeah. this problem is, by, is by, by not accepting homosexuality as normalized behavior. So, so in other words, he doesn't, want, uh, he doesn't want homosexuality to be monogamous. Well, no, that no. Oh, wait, wants that. wait, punctured that argument. <laughs> he wants all the black men for himself, is what that really comes down to. If, if someone could explain to me how this is not ignorant and not racist, I'd love to know. Because but, because Brian <laughs> Fisher is not an ignorant man. He knows exactly the the bogus argument that he's making. I don't. And I don't. It's not I, racist because he loves black. Men. And right, he loves black men, so it's not racist. So trying to say that black men get AIDS only because they're gay. Is not um, ignorant or racist. Got it. Well, okay, but here's the thing: is that I, 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 Brian Fisher is he's making an ignorant argument. Okay, but he is not ignorant. He knows how bad the argument is, right? I, I, I th- this guy, he, hmm, you know, talk about agenda-driven jerks, right? Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, it, it, these kinds of bad arguments, and this is, the, I mean, I don't know if this is the worst one that we've covered tonight, but these kind of arguments that are complete non sequiturs that 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 have an outcome that you know that doesn't even go along with their uh, with you know the argument they're making it, it is running rampant. Yeah. Well, I, I think it is. Yeah, it is getting worse. I think the main reason is they see that they're losing their fight. You know, 20 years ago, the attitude towards homosexuality was completely different. You know, they, they they were shunned, and society in itself was behind that. And so you didn't need to come up with any argument. Well, now that we are becoming more enlightened and realizing just how stupid the, the, those ideas are and how basically there's no harm in letting um, homosexuality be equal to heterosexuality, they have to come. They have to search for every argument they can find, and they will find the most dumb ass, <laughs> idiotic piece of crap they can cling to yes, to try and make will. their arguments yeah. just because they're scared. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing about it. They don't. Uh, they they don't really have any good arguments uh, against homosexuality. There's there's uh, no good arguments without uh, some kind of like unwarranted assumption um, that uh, very questionable assumption like uh, about. Uh, Oh, the the Bible being the word of God or whatever they they they, they don't really have anything beyond that and that's, they they don't have any logic to back up their um their diatribe against homosexuality so they have to resort to the bad arguments right and my... the biblical arguments are weak and yeah. I, I decided from here on out if someone ever directly I'm in a, a debate about homosexuality and they say well you know, homosexuality is bad and people who support it um, are bad and sin according to Bible, I'm like how do you feel about people who support those who work on the Sabbath. Right, they should be stoned to death. Or who it's, wear mixed blended fabric clothes. Exactly, stone them like, too. It, uh, biblically speaking, there's so many other things. You know, yeah. I mean, God turned fruit to ash in the mouth of people who had worked on the Sabbath to punish them. Okay. You know, he, 
I, and that's saying something. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking at it from a biblical point of view. So, you know, the, even the biblical arguments fall apart because they're not going after everything. They are picking the one thing that they've decided is the worst. And that's not how the Bible works, from my understanding. <laughs> well, your understanding is clearly wrong. <laughs> All right, so let let's move on. I mean, we we could we could, yeah. I, I you're right. I I how is he not the bigot of the week? <laughs> because that happened two it's weeks like a ago. Five year old little girl. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's up there. Yeah, I'd say yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Go for it, Terry. So, what's this about the, the Earth not going around the sun? <laughs> yeah. So, um, the Earth actually does circle the sun. Oh. Um, there's this concept called heliocentrism, where the sun is the center of our solar system and um, the planets orbit around the sun. You know, but, I have a I have a very Brian centric view of the world. Right. <laughs> but did we talk Don't about we this way back when? Probably. I we think did. we have talked about this before. Um, I can actually tell you what episode that was if you give me a second. Okay, yeah. you do that. In the meantime, Terry, tell us. The Fizzorg website reported in a recent National Science Foundation survey that found one in four Americans are unaware that the Earth circles the sun. So from the article, the survey included more than 2,200 people in the United States and was conducted by the National Science Foundation. Ten questions about physical and biological sciences were on the quiz, and the average score was 6.5 correct. It was a barely passing grade. Just 74% of respondents knew that the Earth revolved around the sun, according to the results. Fewer than half, 48%, knew that human beings evolved from earlier species of animals. The result of the survey, which was conducted, which is conducted every two years, will be included in an NSF Foundation report to President Barack Obama. Um, so I clicked over to the survey questions, and they're all very basic foundational concepts that nearly all high school graduates should know. My kids You've got go a fifty percent chance on most of those of getting right. Right, it's true false. My kids go to a STEM school, and my fourth grader very likely knows the answers to at least eight of the questions. Hell, my kindergartner even probably knows the answer to the first three. Yeah. It's been proven over and over again, though, that uh, most people are not smarter than a fifth grader. Yeah. That uh, podcast, by the way, that we discussed this on was podcast 18, and it was okay. actually they actually made a pretty good argument at the time, if I recall correctly, that it was about perception that geocentrism makes sense. Yeah. Right. It does look like the sun rises around and circles the earth. It, yes. Well, from your perspective as a kinda, person, I mean, it also looks like the earth is flat. Though. Yeah. Well, but remember, I mean, Copernicus had had to come up with a model where, you know, the the the, the um, planets were looping in certain ways to get them to to go. I mean, to go around now, the sun even. Right. So, I mean, uh, although in the survey, I didn't like number seven, the way it was phrased. Is it the father's gene that decides whether a baby is a boy or a girl? Right. It's, that's, that that, that, the yeah, that, that's actually false. Chromosome, yeah. yeah that yeah, that'd be false. That, that one bothered me. I, I was wondering if it was a trick question. Yeah, I bet yeah. it wasn't trying to be. Yeah. Because chromosomes are, are well known to be shinier than genes. Because <laughs> why they're chromosomes. Well, yeah. I mean, but some of these are good. Antibiotics yeah. kill viruses as well as bacteria. False. Um, human beings, as we know them today, that, that's funny, that, you know, politically correct, I suppose, developed from an earlier species of animal. Okay, that's true. But so, I mean, these are pretty easy. They fall to that because of their religious beliefs. So. Well, right. yeah, so that's why that they one, fail. Those and, people that, got, um, that went away from us, most likely um, a, a fair amount of them were doing it because they believe in the religious idea and not the scientific. That's what all... about some of the other stuff, though, like the laser question? Does laser focus sound waves or light waves? It, it just said, does it work by focusing sound waves, which... Which is right. false. Yeah. Which is false, right. Yeah, well, all... All radiation is man-made. It's false. False. Now, some of these are, are real easy. I'm surprised. Right. Well, well, I mean, maybe I mean, we're, we're not clearly 
the uh, representation of uh, of who they're giving these to, right? Well, that's it, and it's a small sample size too. Yeah. I don't know how random it was. Seven, I might have gotten wrong because I, I was thinking it was a trick question. Well, but technically, if you said false of that, you'd be right. But I'll bet you the answer they were looking for is true. Yeah. That, that, that's what it says below. I'm, so, I'm saddened about the fact that eight was only 51%. That antibiotics kill viruses as well as bacteria. People, only 51% of the only 51% of the people got that that was false. I know that's a serious public health issue. Yeah, it is. We wonder why we yeah. can't get people vaccinated, right? So well, does no, it speak? Does it speak to the lack of education or poor education or what? Why? I don't know. So I mean, people? was this homeschool homeschooled people? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Who, what who the are these people? Is. Yeah. I don't know. I will have to ask these questions on my kids and see what they come up with. Yeah. They might well, not know the, the answer. The important to these. thing is that we've read through these survey questions and now we know. And knowing is half the battle. There we go. All right. Finally, finally, um, Terry, we're, we're skipping the bearded woman. Skip the bearded woman. We'll put her and, on uh, And let's talk about G.I. Joe real quick. The, the world's first action figure at the time that it was created was was billed as an action soldier. But uh, basically, basically a first doll that was, that was socially acceptable for boys to play with. It's not a doll. It's an action figure. Wow. The uh, I think the original basis for uh, I think the original basis for the jointing was off of an artist's dummy, if I remember correctly. I don't think it says in the article, but that makes sense. Okay, but essentially, fifty years ago this year, GI Joe rolled out and has been through many changes over the years. Um, they went from a they went from a uh, a solid plastic hand model with a trigger finger to a molded a molded rubber kung fu grip that switched over from there to a a softer plastic but uh, theme wise also they went through a lot of changes originally they were basic military right um military and, from all different all different at, countries have, yeah they had some of the coolest accessories ever for the old gi joe stuff if you um go to toy stores and you know collector stores and look at some of the stuff they came out with it was awesome but then of course vietnam hit and um that drastically changed the um, way we were viewing military. And so, um, of course, Hasbro switched over at that point to the adventure team. Right. And G.I. Joe would do things like uh, diving with sharks, hunting uh, hunting to capture dangerous cats and things yeah, like it's that. It's more like an Indiana Jones style thing. And everything during that time period was based around adventures, not fighting or anything, but having these, you know, Intense adventures. Let me ask, what, what is yep. your guys' attraction to T.I. Joe? What, what attracted you to this? Are you asking me what, why I put the article in here? No, I mean, well, I mean, are, are, you, a, are you a big G.I. Joe fan? I'm not a huge G.I. Joe okay. fan, but I, I appreciate the culture of the fact that it brought out other action figures of which I am much fonder. Okay. It, it oh. kind of, it's a, it's a gateway action figure. It's a gateway action figure with realistic hair. Okay, so, you know, we're talking about the history, and then, um, of course, we all know the 80s G.I. Joe, which is kind of what has become what everyone nowadays is most familiar with, the smaller action figure. Yeah, Yeah. now you have to realize, originally Hasbro was going to just release them, and this was going to be G.I. Army, G.I. Navy, and stuff like that. Mm. But then they went to Marvel, talking about comic books, and that's when everything changed. Larry Hama basically um, said, okay, I... This is what I think we should do. Name them. Give them. He created the file card. In fact, the first few years, he wrote all the file. So if you truly want to appreciate G.I. Joe, you need to read the Marvel comics, which um, 
was a great series because it, it took them all. You know, each Joe was a character, was an individual. And they had such a great storyline. The cartoons, the movies, none of it has done justice to the uh, Marvel Comics storyline. And G.I. Joe was the first one that, you know, the new, the 80s G.I. Joe, that had a storyline going parallel to it. A lot of people try and give um, Masters of the Universe this big hype, but Masters of the Universe had good timing. They were the first one that had the cartoon show out. But even that, the, the storyline wasn't coherent until the cartoon came out. They had many comics. They had DVC did a series of comics. They had a bunch of different storylines for Masters of the Universe. But when G.I. Joe came out in the 80s, the 80s incarnation, it was a solid storyline from the beginning because they went to the comic books first and they had a comic book writer say, okay, this is how it's going to work. And he solidified. I don't think G the new G.I. Joe would have done anywhere near as well if it wasn't for that, because the characters could be unique. So when you right. say G.I. Joe, is it just a guy, G.I. Joe, the army uh, guy? G.I. Joe is a G.I. Joe in the current incarnation is a team of multinational specialists, basically the best of the best of the best of what, of what they do. Now, they have retconned it to say that the original G.I. Joe is G.I. Joe and, you know, Joe Colt. Yeah, he's his own character, but that was right by Bruce Willis. Yeah, that, that was basically something they came up with to say this is what the classic G.I. Joe actually was. But so there's no, there is a G.I. Joe officially, but um, the, basically when we're referring to it, you're referring to the team or the um, if you're referring to the classic action figure, you're referring to all of them. They were all G.I. Joe. Bit confusing, but it is confusing. Brian and I actually did some reading on. Yeah, this we did. To, yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to begin this excerpt that we're going to read for you guys. Go for it. Duke turned around, about to stack more pancakes on Snake Eyes' plate to see his spot empty. Duke had to look twice before he was sure Snake Eyes was not there. He vaguely wondered where his ninja had gotten off to, but he decided not to worry. He plopped the pancake down on the plate and went back to the stove. Suddenly, the hairs on the back of his neck began to stand on end and Duke tensed. He held the spatula tightly, <laughs> ready to attack when he felt a warm breath on the back of his neck. Suddenly, All right, slow down a little. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, there was a warm hand on his stomach under the apron and another scraping nails down his side, causing Duke to internally shiver. He clenched his elbow down on the hand on his stomach, locking it in place before spinning it around. The owner of the hand growled in pain and anger. Don't you want me, Duke? Roadblock black growled. Right. So I don't. So what I want to know is why is Duke such a such a dude magnet? He's got both Snake Eyes well, and Roblox. And who's Roblox? Yeah. They did have they did have Duke played by Channing Tatum in the movie, and they had Roadblock <laughs> played by um, Dwayne Johnson. Oh, see, I like that guy. <laughs> I'm glad I'm Roblox. Right. So was so we educated ourselves on Gia Joe by reading fan fiction? Yep, we did. Yeah, you you educated yourself by reading slash fiction. Well, yeah. Probably not the best way to go. <laughs> well, but a heck of a lot I more disagree. fun. More because GI Joe. That's I. I find it incredibly boring. See, I, I could do a whole thing on nothing but toys. To even GI Joe and a few. You know, because I have a pat. In fact, I'm do. I, I have a um video blog I do about toys now every so often called Opening the Package on YouTube. It doesn't get much hits. I don't really push it much. But I love talking about toys and GI Joe. I, I go into all sorts of details about it and explain to you, you know, once more, there's a significance to our culture in this stuff. And um, there's an article that came out from, New, I think it was the New York Times, talking about how traditional action figures are fading out. Kids are more into video games and everything else, and they're not collecting toys as much as they used to. They, you know, the action figures don't have the following that they did when we were kids. And I think it's kind of sad because I, I love action figures. I 
have a you know clear passion for them and um i it's one of those things i don't think people appreciate exactly what they are and what they signify now as far as as far as the video games go the companies are compensating for that by going into things like the uh it's the the Skylanders, Skylanders and Infinity? the Disney Infinity, yeah. Yeah, but both where you've, got, where you've got not actually action figures per se, but you've got figurines that do things when you're playing the video game. They, the figurines yeah. give you content or something like that. Hmm. They, they allow you to access the characters most. I'll tell you what. Like, understand you... figurines, like while you're playing video game, you have a figurine yeah, the, next to you. Yeah. Well, you have to have a portal. You put them on the portal, and they jump into the game. Huh. Hmm. And that's the character you play. And so, in you... other words, you buy the figure, and you get the character in the game. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's a kind of concept, actually. But they, they have chips in them. So, your the experience, um, the instead of armor or anything, they have hats. You can up their powers and stuff. That all stays with the figure until you set it. So, you could basically build up a, a, your own to, um, figures, take them to a friend's house, put them on his portal, and they'll have the exact same abilities that you built up on yours. I was disappointed that it didn't work with my Pee Wee Herman figure. <laughs> I doubt he has a chip in it. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> but so there's some cool stuff to right, that. Sure. Even that's not quite the same thing as what you know the action figures of old days are. But the importance here is that is that this really kind of kicked off the whole action figure thing. Yeah. Okay. Right, and that's the importance okay. to me is sure. that that was the that was the first action figure. And while he's been through a lot of changes over the years, and some of the what what do you think was the creepiest feature ever on GI Joe? Ah. <sighs> It's not because my money's on action grip. <laughs> okay. So it, wait, wait, hold on. Doesn't Kung Fu action grip sound like something for masturbating? Well, you can actually get them into the position that looks like they were. Because <laughs> the, the, the first ones that came out, um, their arms could only go up and down. But then the Is second, that the karate, they, the karate grip so thing? It's yeah. called, um, the, the, the Kung Fu grip is basically a partially clenched fist. <laughs> that you could wrap around, and one of the fingers was separated. The index finger was separated away from the rest of the hand. So you could wrap that around a penis, uh, a accessory pistol, or whatever. <laughs> so they also did the Kung Fu grip with the smaller one, which actually all that one actually articulates the arms. You could actually do the arms more. So right. it, with the small figures, the, the first line, you couldn't make it look like they were masturbating. Well, but the... But the, but the on, you could. With the yeah, pinky out... It, with the with the <laughs> pinky out, it's it's um it's 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 just more it's masturbating more polite, right? It's like when you sip tea, you know, you have your pinky out. So if the pinky's <laughs> out, it's just a polite way of masturbating. <laughs> that sounds like a good way to get your pinky broken. <laughs> um, well, if you're doing it prone, yeah, that would be a real problem. One of my one of my favorite lines out of the first GI Joe movie is where uh, Ripcord, the character played by I don't, Marvin Wayans, I think it was, but oh, anyway. Well. Um, was one of the Wayans brothers. Ripcord, upon meeting the G.I. Joe team for the first time, was uh, he basically puts his hand on Heavy Duty's head and says, oh, you've got realistic hair. And the guy grabs it and says, oh, damn, and Kung Fu Grip, too. <laughs> Both of which were figures of the action figure. Features uh... of the action figure. The realistic hair, basically, had, he had a fuzz of, he had a fuzz of hair on his head. Okay. And all the G.I. Joe figures had a scar on the cheek to make him masculine. <laughs> uh, did they have a cod piece? No. Oh. So how masculine could they have been? They and, did in have fact, and in fact, uh, GI Joe was one of the first sufferers of constant fatigue syndrome <laughs> from Kung Fu grip. Yep, <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, I'm 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 glad you guys. I actually, it is kind of interesting. I mean, the the history there is interesting, at least. I like the cultural significance. Yeah, yeah. Cool. The, it definitely is that. Now, the three and three quarter size format that GI Joe moved into was actually pioneered by yeah Star Wars. Pioneered by the Star Wars figures initially. Yeah. Picked up by picked up by Mego for yeah. several of their lines before they went bust. All right. Uh, that- Late 70s, early 80s, there were tons of different um, action figures that size coming out. They were everywhere. So is it three and three quarters that represent actual length? <laughs> it's it's kind of the industry standard for figures now. Um, <laughs> there's a there is a seven inch size where you know you get improved improved articulation on some of the figures. <laughs> I know you just snapped. <laughs> but, but you know that none <laughs> of them are actually seven inches, range. right? Hmm? That you, some woman just told you they were seven inches. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> okay, so I'm sorry. It's either it's either a six or a seven inch size in where they what they uh, both the Marvel Legends <laughs> and now the Star Wars Black series. Right, I think it's six. Okay, but <sighs> <laughs> Ryan, hearing you crack up is crack. I'm just having that. <laughs> <laughs> Will we? I mean, I, everything sounds like a penis. <laughs> oh, oh, mm. Woo. I think we were surprised. Have, have, have I sufficiently derailed this? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, good. Say goodnight, everybody. Good night. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at amateurskeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720. 720- 295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash p-k-a-n-o-l. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace dot com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Board. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.